Hi there, this is Harry. Welcome back to Advanced English Lessons with Harry, where I try to help you to get a better understanding of the English language, to help you with your conversational skills, your business English skills, interview skills, whatever your goals are, we're here to help. And for those of you and your friends or family who want one-to-one -one lessons, well, you know what to do. Just get in touch, www.englishlessonviaskype.com, and you can apply for a free trial lesson, and we'd be very happy to hear from you and very happy to help you. Okay, so let's get on with this particular lesson, this advanced English lesson, looking at expressions, and we headed up how to speak English in 30 minutes. So if you can use some of these and concentrate and focus on this particular lesson, then in 30 minutes, there or thereabouts, you're going to pick up phrases that you can use on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay, number one. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is very, very common, very well used. It, it's used by people to introduce a summary or bring about a conclusion in something they are saying. You know, so for example, I know it's been a tough project for us all, but at the end of the day, we have learned a lot. Now, it could be the teacher who's saying it to the class. I know this has been a tough year, a tough academic year for all of us, but at the end of the day, it's going to help you to pass those all-important exams that are beginning next week. So the teacher can use it in that respect. At the end of the day means in summary or in conclusion. At the end of the day, I think we can all agree that family comes first and these are the important things that matter. So at the end of the day, no matter what happens, no matter what arguments we have, family always comes first. Okay, so at the end of the day. So well used expression. Number two, this one, as a matter of fact. Now, we use this when we want to tell somebody that in fact we have done what they're just about to ask us to do or what they're just about to remind us. Yeah, so if your mother or father or somebody, your boss uh, is going to ask you, did you send that package? Did you do that homework? Did you call your granny? As a mat matter of fact, I've just finished talking to granny, yeah? As a matter of fact, I sent the email to you two minutes ago. You should see it in your inbox. As a matter of fact, I've just got off the phone to that client and I'm going to meet them next week. Okay, so as a matter of fact, is a great way to tell somebody an important piece of information that they are just about to remind you about or they're going to annoy you about again. Okay, so some examples. As a matter of fact, I've already completed that task, so no need to remind me, it's done. As a matter of fact, I won't be able to attend the meeting tomorrow after all. I've got to go and meet that client. Okay, so just different ways in which you can use that expression as a matter of fact. But what you're doing is you're telling somebody that there's no need to remind you, there's no need to ask you because whatever they're going to ask, it has already been done, already been achieved. Number three, by and large, by and large. So what does that mean? By and large, it's usually used to indicate a particular or general trend uh, or an overall view of something. By and large, people are pretty good in the company. They don't abuse the hospitality. Ah, you get one or two people who are late on a, on a regular basis. But by and large, everybody seems to start work in or around the same time, by and large. 
Or, by and large, I tend to agree with you. So, 90% of the time I agree with you, but there's maybe 10% when I don't. So, by and large, I, people tend to agree you know, that, that they don't make or cause any difficulties, but occasionally something might happen. By and large, the new policy that the company introduced has been well accepted, well regarded by the employees, by and large. So it leaves room for some people disagreeing, but not many. By and large, we tend to get a lot of rain in the months of March and April in this part of the country, by and large. So in general, a general opinion. Now, there could be exceptions, but that's usually the way it is, by and large. Another expression. Number four, in the grand scheme of things. This means when you take everything into consideration, the really important matters in the grand scheme of things. So it, it's used to indicate the larger perspective. You know, we're not just focusing on the minutiae of the detail. We're looking at the bigger picture, as they like to say, the bigger picture. So in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter whether we miss our deadline by 15 minutes or a day. It's not going to change dramatically. It's good to meet the deadlines, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not the most important thing. Okay, so in the grand scheme of things, this setback, it's only a minor setback. It's not going to cause huge problems, so don't worry. In the grand scheme of things, a few extra dollars spent here and there to keep the staff happy, it's not such a bad idea. We're not going to go bust as a result in the grand scheme of things. So there, it literally means there are more important things in life. There are more important things to worry about. So in the grand scheme of things. Number five, in the nick of time, in the nick of time. Now this means that you do something just ahead of the deadline or just before something becomes an issue. So it's it's uh, it's just at the right time. Yes, it's uh, any few minutes later and it would have been too late. So in the nick of time, for example, we arrived in the airport in the nick of time, just as our flight was being called. So perhaps we left a little bit tight to leave home. You know, we had the foot to the floor when we were driving along the motorway, but we finally got to the airport and the nick of time, just as the flight was being called. A few minutes later, it would have been too late. We wouldn't have been able to get through security. The paramedics arrived in the nick of time and were able to resuscitate the person who had collapsed on the street. So the paramedics arrived in the nick of time. 10, 15 minutes later, perhaps the poor unfortunate man or woman would have died, but they arrived in the nick of time, were able to get the person, help them to regain consciousness, and thankfully everything is well. So in the nick of time, just at the right moment, a few minutes later, as I said, it would be too late in the, the nick of time. I took my roast beef out of the oven in the nick of time. I was stuck on a phone call. A few minutes later, it would have been burnt to a crisp and you, it would be like eating the sole of your shoe in the nick of time. Okay, moving on now. Number six, to jump through hoops. H-O-O-P-S, these rings, jump through hoops. And we use this to indicate that there's a difficult task or something really challenging that we have to do. 
perhaps you go to the boss and you you want to get that salary increase or you want the bonus and you might say ha that boss he makes you jump through hoops just to get your salary my god the hours i work in this place is terrible he makes you jump through hoops you have to do something really challenging i literally beg to get a salary increase i had to jump through hoops to get all this paperwork completed so we could get these uh, documents sent off uh, in time to jump through hoops it was a really challenging time the candidate had to jump through hoops to get the job. He had to do three interviews and then he had to do a practical exam as well. I mean, really, really difficult, but it was worth it in the end. But to get the job, he had to jump through hoops. Number seven, this is a boxing reference to throw in the towel. If you ever watch a, a boxing match and if one boxer is getting really badly punished his corner as they call it his management will throw in the towel into the ring which means effectively to stop the fight and he has surrendered or given up to throw in the towel so to throw in the towel is used to indicate to give up or to admit defeat so if you're trying to work out crossword puzzle and you can't get those last couple of clues you just ah i'm gonna throw in the towel i really can't work this out or at school, if it's a really difficult mathematical equation or chemical formula you're trying to work out and you just admit defeat, oh, I'm never going to get this. I'm just going to throw in the towel. I'll tell the teacher they'll give me the answer tomorrow. So to throw in the towel is to admit defeat. So some examples. After trying for months, I finally threw in the towel and admitted that I just couldn't complete the task. We were losing badly and uh, we decided to throw in the towel and we got beaten 10-0. Okay, so the, the game ended early, but we were really getting hammered. We threw in the towel or we appeared to throw in the towel because it looked as if we weren't interested. So to throw in the towel means to admit defeat. And somebody might say to you, look, why don't you just throw in the towel? It's not so important, is it? Yeah, you know, if you lose, you lose. What's the point? Number eight to have a lot on your plate or as it says here to have a lot on one's plate very formal english to have a lot on one's plate but when we have a lot on our plate it means that we have more than enough to do in fact probably too much okay so if somebody asks you to do something for them to do some extra work you might say well look i can't take on any more work at the moment i've too much work on my plate meaning my desk is completely full or my inbox is full or there's a list of projects to do as long as your arm okay i'd love to go out with you tonight but i can't i have a lot on my plate i'm going away for the weekend and i really need to get this work completed so when somebody is really sorry for example i'm sorry i can't take on any projects or any more projects right now i've got enough on my plate so again just admitting that you know you'll have to come back another time or perhaps just give me a few days to clear some of this workload then i might be able to consider it but at the moment i've got a lot on my plate so i can't go out because i'm going away for the weekend i've got a lot on my plate i've got to do the ironing whatever it happens to be you've got to do things so you've got a lot on your plate 
Number nine, let's play it by ear. Okay, let's play it by ear. And what this means is let's not make a decision now. We don't have to rush in and make a decision. Let's wait and see what happens. Something might happen, and which means we don't have to, to do it. Okay, so let's play it by ear. So this expression really means let's be flexible. Let's not make a decision now that we might regret. Let's be flexible and make plans as things develop because things do change and if things do change well perhaps it would be better or worse but if we do something that we can't change well then we've got a real problem so let's play it by ear let's be a little bit flexible see what happens and then we can adjust or amend our agenda or schedules to suit that particular situation so let me give you an example then we haven't decided where to go for dinner yet, so let's play it by ear and see where the evening takes us. So perhaps you're, you're out for a walk with your partner and you're gonna go for something to eat, but you haven't made any reservations, you're not quite sure, do you want Italian, do you want Moroccan, whatever type of food that you want. So let's see where the road takes us. We go down this street or that street, we'll see a restaurant, let's try there. So let's play it by ear. So you haven't made a decision, so you're just going to wait and see whatever happens. I'm not sure what time I'll be able to finish the work today, so let's play it by ear. If I finish on time, I'll give you a call and we can meet up and go for a drink. So you're not making any final commitment or any firm commitment, but if you finish your work early and if you, you have time, then yeah, I'll give you a call and then we can meet up. If not, we can do that tomorrow. So let's play it by ear. Number 10. It's not rocket science. I use this expression a lot. It's not rocket science. And really what it means is it's not that difficult, okay? So you don't have to be Einstein to work this out. It's not rocket science. So the expression is often used to convey that something is not so complicated. It's not so difficult. So why should we make it sound complicated or difficult? It's not rocket science. Cooking an omelette is not rocket science. You break a few eggs, you mix them up in the pan, you add some oil before you do it, you throw in some chopped tomatoes or sprinkle some cheese, voila, you have an omelette. So it's not rocket science. You just carefully don't burn the egg and you make sure you don't burn the pan, but it's not rocket science. Don't worry about figuring out how to use the new software. It's easy. There's a, a prompt on every page. It's not rocket science, okay? So before you do anything, it will ask you, do you want to do this? Do you want to raise it? Do you want to continue? So it's step by step. So it's not rocket science. Just read the instructions, click here, click there, and uh, everything will work out fine. So it's not rocket science, meaning, yeah, a monkey could do it. <laughs> So you shouldn't look on it as being so complicated or too difficult. Okay, and we're on to number 11. So five to go out of 15, five to go. Number 11, under the weather. So my wife is a little bit under the weather now. You might have heard her in the background sneezing. So apologies for that if you picked it up on the recording. So under the weather, when somebody is feeling sick or unwell. Okay, I'm a little bit under the weather today. Perhaps it's the time of the year and somebody has got some allergies. Perhaps they've picked up a flu bug, but they're just not feeling 100% and they're a little bit under the weather. 
I won't be able to come to work today. I'm a little bit under the weather. So not anything specific. You can't put your finger on it. You can't even tell the, or do, perhaps you don't even want to tell them how you're feeling or what it is, but just that you're a little bit under the weather so you won't be able to attend the office today. She's been feeling under the weather all week, so I think a few days in bed will do her the world of good. Yeah, so yeah, she's under the weather or feeling a little bit under the weather. So somebody not so healthy, not serious, but not so healthy. Number 12, to jump the gun, to jump the gun. When we jump the gun, we act or do something a little bit prematurely before we should have done it, okay? So we, you know, in a literally in a race, when they used to have a starter's pistol to start the athletics race, if you watched the old uh, Olympics, the guy would stand there with the, the little gun, the starter's pistol, and he would fire it. But if somebody got ahead of that, then they'd have to call them back and the person would be warned or disqualified because they jumped the gun, they went off a little bit prematurely. So if you're talking in a business meeting and some people are getting a little bit ahead of themselves in terms of the plans, you might just pull them up on it and say, look, I think we're jumping the gun a little bit here by making plans before we actually decide or we're actually sure what this schedule will look like. So let's not jump the gun. Let's not start planning this before we've looked at it properly. There's no point going into all this expense and all this trouble unless we know exactly what's ahead of us. So let's not jump the gun. Let's not go off too early. So let's not jump the gun and assume that we've got the job, okay? And let's wait until we hear back from the recruiter. So if you've gone for a job interview and you're all excited, oh, it's a great company, really want to work for them, the people look great and oh, the conditions are wonderful. Well, okay, let's not jump the gun. You haven't got the job yet. Wait till you hear from the recruiter. Wait to see you. You're going to be called for the second or the third interview. So just take things a little bit easy. So not to jump the gun. So it could be, you know, some. People get a little bit excited. They have a sense that something's going to happen and they jump to conclusions immediately, but they just have to wait and bide their time. So let's not jump the gun. Number 13 is to bite the bullet. Bite the bullet. Well, what does that mean? Well, when you bite the bullet, you have to accept and face a difficulty or face a decision that's going to be difficult, uh, particularly something unpleasant, and you have to face it bravely okay so bite the bullet so perhaps you've got a toothache all right and you've been taking some panadol or aspirin with the hope that the toothache would disappear but it, finally you have to bite the bullet and realize no you need to go to the dentist even though you don't like it and there's every possibility that the tooth will have to come out okay so you have to literally bite the bullet okay so you have to swallow the pain, accept that there's going to be some pain and make a visit to that dentist. So a couple of examples. I know you're nervous about the presentation, but you just have to bite the bullet and get it done. We all get nervous before we make presentations. Some of us good, some of us bad, but guess what? It's part and parcel of life. So you just have to face the music, you have to do it. So you're going to have to bite the bullet on this. You're going to have to do it at practice. You're going to have to get up and, and make the presentation because guess what? Nobody else is going to do it. And when you do the first one, ah, the next one will be a piece of cake. So bite the bullet, accept that you have to do it and get on with it. 
I really don't want to have the conversation with my boss, but you know, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and go in and tell him that I'm leaving. Okay, so perhaps you're just fed up the way things are going. You're really not getting any job satisfaction any, anymore. But the only way to deal with it is to go and tell the boss that you're leaving. Yeah, he's not going to like it. So I don't want to have that conversation, but I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and tell him and let's see what happens. Okay, so when we have to face a difficult decision or face something unpleasant and we have to face it bravely then we say bite the bullet number 14 to get the ball rolling so two to, to go number 14 to get the ball rolling and to get the ball rolling literally means just to get something started to start something so at a meeting somebody could say okay who wants to get the ball rolling meaning who's going to kick off this meeting we we need some questions or we need some points who's going to get the the ball rolling so it could be a, a one of those as we talked about brainstorming sessions okay so if there's a brainstorming session okay who wants to get the ball rolling who's got the first idea so you come up with the first idea let's get the ball rolling on planning the party let's start by setting the date and sending out the invitation so we're going to have a party okay so let's agree on a date which saturday is going to be then somebody take responsibility to send out the invitations by text so let's get the ball rolling the sooner we get started the sooner we will get finished or if there's a group of you in college working on a particular project there's a deadline for a couple of weeks and you really have to get your heads together so you might say okay we need to get the ball rolling on this project we're running out of time and the deadline is fast approaching so you know exactly what has to be done the date the time and you just have to come up with your ideas so let's get the ball rolling or we really need to get the ball rolling on this particular project okay and then number 15 to hit the nail on the head to hit the nail on the head okay so you know if you're trying to do some diy work and you have a hammer and a small nail it looks easy but if you're not careful you'll end up hitting your thumb or your finger believe me that's very very painful so to hit the nail on the head is to get something exactly right okay so perhaps there's a reason why the customer has cancelled his contract and everybody's throwing in their ideas well maybe it's this maybe it's that and you suggest well i actually think it's because we didn't respond to him quick enough and somebody says yeah you've hit the nail on the head this guy is really very precise he expects something to happen immediately and we didn't respond in time and unfortunately he's probably gone to another supplier so you hit the nail on the head you get right to the point it's exact and it's correct you hit the nail on the head i've been really stressed out lately so perhaps your wife or a partner or somebody is not really a hundred percent they've been feeling a little bit strange perhaps they're not eating not sleeping so well so you suggest that they take a few days off work they go away they they get a change of environment yeah you've hit the nail on the head i've really been feeling stressed lately what i need is a complete break so you're going to have a, a holiday for a week or two to hit the nail on the head my friend knew exactly what was wrong with my car. He hit the nail on the head when he said it was a problem with the gasket or the spark plugs or the 
accumulate or something in the car. But he he knows better than I do, so he hit the nail on the head, and within five minutes, the garage man has had repaired it. So to hit the nail on the head, to be exactly right and correct with your diagnosis as, as to exactly what is wrong, to hit the nail on the head. Okay, so there we have 15 particular expressions and phrases that you can use in business English, you can use in conversational English, you can use them to make yourself sound more like a native speaker. Go through them one by one. Make sure, first of all, that you understand them. Look at the examples that I've given, listen to them again, see how I use them. If you feel you need more, as I always say, come back to me and I'll give you some more if they're absolutely needed. You don't have to remember and you won't remember them all, but try and practice some of them. And as always, as I said, come back to me if you need some suggestions or if you have some suggestion that you want to make that you would like me to include in a future video, then please let me know and I'm very happy to hear them. It means I don't have to think all of the ideas. Okay, so this is Harry thanking you for watching, thanking you for listening. As always, remember to come back to me for the next lesson. <music>